guy that I'm watching Jim. the eye. Yeah, he's looking at the eye. I figured it out. If you <sighs> wear these glasses, it's in 3D too. Hold on. We'll start the show in a minute. Well, Is this what you on. were planning while you were waiting for me? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Wait, hang on. I want to hear it. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, wow. You guys should have said, I got a, I got a window right up here, right above me. You can see the whole eye. It's crazy. <sighs> hey, everybody. Welcome to TRB. We are live on a Wednesday night to talk about Andor episode six, The Eye. Thanks for joining us. I'm John. That's James. That's Lacey. Uh, what an episode to talk about. There's so much to get into. So we're gonna just going to cut out the pomp and circumstance and all that. You know the drill. If you're on social media, share our tweet that we are live. Tell your friends. Come on into the live chat. Uh, if you want your comment read on the show, super chats are available. And we'll talk about uh, your takes, your comments, all that stuff. Or if you just want to chill and hang out. How much to talk about? Like that I was just at the airport. And just came back from the airport and yeah, ran you drove in here. your parents back from and the I, airport. It's a very good thing to do. No, but I'm saying like, nice there was a moment that I was like, am I going to make it? <laughs> you made it. Very <laughs> Just like Star Wars, just in the nick of time. Can I tell you a funny story about the airport? I didn't finish telling them all the stuff to do. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Where did I leave? Where did I leave off? I don't remember. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff tonight. A lot of stuff to talk about. Yep. Yeah. Oh, well, well, first off, I just want to say this. Thanks to everybody who's recently joined us on Patreon. Uh, we launched our newest version or latest update or phase four, whatever you want to call it. Um, so we really appreciate that. Shows like this. And and if you saw like our early days when we first started doing video, it, the early it looks, days when it looks I was like in a closet. It looks like an old VCR tape that you had to adjust the tracking on. So um, thanks to you and, and all of uh, the continued support, we're able to continually upgrade and, and do more content and get better at what we do. So thank you. Um, and if you're interested in supporting us, this is a good time because we're about to start doing a lot of new stuff on Patreon. So head to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Check out the tiers. They start at just $5. And uh, we really appreciate all the support. And also you get a lot of cool stuff. I think we have a pretty damn good Patreon um so what what happened you did you was the pickup smooth so here's the thing they went to LaGuardia which I was nervous about because they got a lot of construction over there so I go to LaGuardia and I get there and my dad's phone's off so I start to panic I'm like oh my god my dad he didn't turn his phone on he's not a technology guy he's an electrician slash old school type of guy so he doesn't have his phone on. So I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not going to find them. I had to loop around once before they came to the terminal. But so I pull up and the guy is there kind of with the flag thingies. And he go, he's standing there and I go, oh, how long can I sit here? And he goes, well, you really can't. And I was like, Ugh. and I was thinking, oh, my gosh, I got to go around again. And so I drive my grandfather's old car. I got it for free free car so i drive his car but it has stickers on it of like stuff that i'm unaware of uh and i guess there is a police sticker on it and so the guy knocks on the window and goes are you on the job and i go huh and he goes are you on the job right now and i'm like what is this guy talking about and i was like this car is my old grandfather's car and he goes okay you can pull ahead to sit there for 10 minutes and i was like all right my grandfather sticker. My grandfather's not a hmm. cop. He was a baker. So I don't hmm. know what this guy thought, but I was like, look, I'll take the 10 minutes to sit in the spot. Oh. But I loved that for at least two minutes, or not even two minutes, probably like 20 seconds. This guy thought I was a detective or a cop. 
But well, why? Yeah. Because I had this cop sticker that he thought I was on the job. I was a cop. So now I'm a cop. I'm a so detective. You, so even though he was a baker, he did have a cop sticker? He gave money to like some organization and they gave oh. him a sticker. Was he also a candlestick maker by any chance? <laughs> yeah. But I'm pretty sure that now I'm a detective. Oh, <laughs> Solving okay. crimes, you know. Well, you could help out Cassian because he doesn't know what the hell's going on. On the job. <laughs> yeah. Lacey, since you're so good at detective work, can you figure out what's going on with our Twitter handle? Oh, we have a new one. Yeah, see? Did it's listed it? right there. At RB. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, right. Oops. <laughs> what you happened? Guys have all these bits that I'm unaware of. I'm so behind. <laughs> so, um, I'm on the job, gonna, you know? Yeah, we're going to get <laughs> yeah. into it in a, in a minute here. But yeah, uh, for, for years, I hated the fact that our Twitter handle started with RB and not TRB, especially as people started calling <laughs> us TRB more and more. So we finally agreed to, to update that. So there it is. Um, and you'll still find us if you just look up, you know. Oh, my God. Plans. Brian Ward says, maybe a baker is a cover for a CIA job. Poppy is a CIA agent. Never know. He's from Germany. So maybe. <clears throat> um, he's like behind the scenes. All right. Here's the deal. We are going to talk about this episode. And as we always do, we're going to rate it. And we're going to see what we rated it. We're going to see what our TRB officers rated it over on Patreon and compare our scores. They've been kind of close uh, for the whole run so far. And we're halfway through this season. So here we go. Uh, I'm going to kick it off. I gave this episode an 8.5. I thought it was excellent. I thought it was the best episode of the show so far. I think that's the uh, common thought amongst people out there from what I've seen anyway. Um, Just had a lot of action. Um, Love the heist element of it. It certainly had a lot of Star Wars beats. It's just... It's just told with from a different sort of lens. That's all. Mm-hmm. It, like if you compare it to things like I'll, I'll get into it later, but I mean you can really compare it to a lot of stuff that we've seen in Star Wars before, and it hits all those beats. So, uh, eight point five for me. Really dug it, and look forward to seeing um, what happens with this next trilogy of episodes uh, after. Now that we're you know beyond the Aldani stuff. So, um, next up we have James. James, what did you rate? Um, I get I give it a nine. Um, I think I'm with you guys. That you say the- that's so casual. That's a high score. Yeah, but I'm still in that boat where I feel like all these should be bumped. You know. Mm. But um, but I'm I'm trying to I'm staying in that scale, and I'm I'm almost I am a little bit worried though that like maybe when we get to the end of the series that that big stuff is is going to hit just as much as this and not necessarily like higher you know Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. um like i I was trying to think what could have made this episode be even crazier and i'm like i don't know you know only only like a surprise appearance by a, a notable character would would you know have be something to take it up a notch or something but uh, but I uh, nine. It's high for me. It's the highest I've given so far. But you know, I'm try- like I said, I was trying to keep it a, a little around the good to give myself some headroom. Nice. All right, Lacey, you're up. I gave it an eight, but now that I'm thinking about it, I probably give it an eight point five. But for the Too sake of what I gave it earlier, yeah. <laughs> it's I gave it an eight. I thought it was a solid episode. I really enjoyed it. It's my favorite one so far. But I just know that it's building to a 
a really, really epic finale. So I don't want to give it too high of a score so that when later I'm pulling Amanda where everything's an 11, I'm trying to be realistic. All right. Um, all right. So that easy to figure out. That's an 8.5 for TRB. Um, I believe our highest score so far. So that that tracks. Um, mm-hmm. And nice. then we, we asked our patrons, you know, what did you rate this? And there were a couple of 10s in, in the TRB land. I guess what we they know what's up. Yeah, uh, but their score TRB was land <laughs> base. Yeah, we're a theme park now. Uh, their <laughs> score was an even nine. There it is, nine Diego's. He's happy. He's and what's funny is he. That's a lot Henry, of waffles. He starts with the beard and then he completely shaves it off, and now this guy has just the mustache. It looks like so. It's sort of like. A happy medium of the versions yeah. of Cassian we've gotten in the show so far. Um, a few comments out of Patreon. First up, uh, our buddy Mike Lovins. What's happening, buddy? I don't know if he's in the chat today or not, but he said, Nine Diego's, the best episode yet. Should be all tens from here on out, right? With a smiley face. Who knows, Mike? Who knows? Next up, we have a new major to Patreon. What is up, Todd Meyer? How's it going? Uh, he also gave a nine and said, my only wish would have been for slightly more action and also something at the end to set up whatever's coming next. Um, all right. So Todd wants, he must have really thought there was like no action in the first episodes if you wanted more after this episode. But mm-hmm. I like that, Todd. And then uh, our last comment here, uh, Jetta, Jetta Rosewater. I believe she's in the chat. Um, she usually is. But Jetta, Jetta said... I thought this was fantastic. All the action, intrigue, and suspense rolled into one. Beyond my expectations, I give this one a 10. A 10 for Jetta. Perfect Star Wars. Episode 6, Boom. The Eye of Andor. Very cool. Uh, all right. So I am excited to talk about this thing. There's a lot to get into. So why don't we kick things off like we usually do on these shows by greasing the wheel and picking our favorite shot or moment from the episode james i think i know what yours might be because you may have already revealed it but what is your favorite shot or moment from this episode of andor uh oh goodbye john see you later (laughs) (laughs) what is your favorite moment well continue on what is your favorite moment well he's back hold on i don't know what happened (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> let me add him back in <laughs> I, was, I was looking at the eye again and i accidentally logged out oh my gosh <clears throat> so here um, i am what was here my I favorite am. moment uh i think it was so there was one shot that really that stuck out to me but it wasn't as strong and as beautiful as, as another shot um and i'll say if you guys don't pick it as your thing but it's where you, we see a TIE fighter pilot climbing down into the TIE fighter. Lots uh, of people against, love that shot. Against the eye. Yeah. That was the I, popular it, shot. It was in the trailer, and I was like, that is just, like, amazing. And then, I, actually, I, I even wrote in my notes that that was a good shot, but then I was like, really, everything with the TIE fighter in it. Like, if a TIE fighter is in the shot... um every every time it's they're coming around the mountains or they're leaving the facility i was like there's something about this that feels magical and it isn't always just the background of the colors like something about the cinematography of the way the camera was moving around those tie fighters was something extra and different we haven't really 
I don't think we've yet seen too many like really fast moving vehicles and how they're going to move with that other than like the trailer which we see like uh lutheran ship like spin around and stuff and i'm like i yeah. can't wait for that freaking stuff that looks incredible i mean so, the, yeah uh, we'll talk about it more in regards to like the tie fighters and stuff but it, that is a great shot and I, I thought i saw you tweet it so i'm like that's got to be what his pick is going to be so i actually picked a different image but for whatever reason that gif like stuck like two frames of the tie fighter in there and i was like whatever <laughs> that's fine <laughs> that too they're getting quicker and quicker with these gifs like that show mm-hmm. was barely out and people they were already stuff online but oh well, um, i think it's from the trailer that's in the trailer yeah that shot of the tie fighter dropping down is in the trailer yeah wow all right so um, i think they were using i was picking the clip from that is after it in the trailer but regardless gotcha all right, Lacey, what was your favorite shot or moment from this episode? My favorite, oh, I have two. I guess I'll save one to discuss later. Uh, my favorite moment was at the end of the episode when Luthen goes into the back room and starts laughing and then does this like sigh of relief and then it cuts to the credits. I thought that was perfectly done. Mm-hmm. I loved everything about it and it... Uh, I talked about this a little bit on my kind of reaction video this morning. If you haven't gone and watched it, please do after this. Um, It's just kind of like that relief of it actually worked, which is a nice win for him. But then I really liked how the whole sequence at the end of the episode was showing how one person's decision, the ramifications of that. And I think oftentimes we usually see like the hero characters and what they do, but we don't see kind of those outer ring people or like even further down the line of who's affected by their choices. Um, So I thought that was a really interesting take. Nice. Um, I mean, I don't know if I have one standout that's so far ahead of others, but I really was hit the hardest by, uh, Nemec sort of giving his final last gasp of energy that he had to yeah. scream climb again. At That mm-hmm. was my other one because K2SO. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like you knew based on his voice and how they just shot his face that he, that was all he had left. And he just like this, I need you to trust me here. I need you to believe me. It almost actually made me think of Obi-Wan and Luke when he's mm-hmm. going to shoot the... Uh, um, the death star down and he's like luke trust me like it's the same exact thing like this kid's telling him climb and he's like get out of here i can't do that look at this i don't have this i don't have that and he's like climb and he does it and then they like they do that very han zimmer music which is almost identical to the batman begins score except slower like the same mm-hmm. notes and everything um hmm. it's very like this this episode like the high action stuff in this episode like some of it i was like i'm watching the rock with Nicolas Cage and, and Sean Connery right now with the music and the, the heist and the action and stuff. I but loved how it's moment... what K2 said when K2 died was climb. Right. Yeah. 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 And I, I just like that. Um, you know, obviously it rounds out to him accepting his, his um, man manifest and all that stuff, but him, you know, just giving all he had left to like really try to convince casting to do it. Cause it was their only option. And casting finally trusts him. And we haven't seen casting really trust almost nearly anybody in the show. So I like that uh, aspect of growth and also just the shots itself. It's, you know, that's a incredible visual effects shot, that whole sequence um, 
awesome. And then with the TIE fighters sort of getting chopped up, it, you know, that felt very Star Wars too, because we've seen the TIE fighters being so intimidating on the show, but um, <laughs> they weren't able to hang. And that's, that's pretty I typical like- of Star Wars, so. I liked one in particular thing with the TIE Fighters too, and I don't know if we've seen this before, probably in animation at some point, but I feel like every time they show the inside of a TIE Fighter pilot, or or inside of a TIE Fighter and they show the pilot, all they're doing is sitting there holding. They're not really doing anything. And this was the first time that I think when the ship goes up, they cut to the TIE Fighter pilot who's like looking like, yeah, be like, oh my cool. god, did they go that way? And, and I was like, I don't think we've ever really seen like personification of those people behind, uh, behind yeah. in the cockpit there. That's a good point. And like, you, we saw the pilots really tinkering with their gauges and stuff and switches and like trying to mm-hmm. adjust. And usually it was just like, yeah. yeah exactly all right um so before we get into our main discussion for the show uh lacy do we have any super chats we want to uh shout out we do first up we have ronaldo mcwhiskey thank you for the super chat (laughs) he said just sending support i never catch you guys live love the show well welcome we're excited to have you thank you very much you made it just in time just like Uh, just like me. Uh, next is Paul. Hey, Paul. How's it going? I'm waiting for Paul to say something else so he can say he pauled it again. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It. Uh, Paul said, favorite moment, Nimic doing his job, calling out navigation direction to Cassian with the last of his strength, total devotion to the cause. Love there it. it is, Paul. Oh, my yep. God. That scene, though, which obviously if people are watching this, spoilers. Just got to say that. Uh, that back crack part, though. Uh, as soon as it happened, I was like, oh, no, there's it no all, coming back. It was good. Uh, man, we're jumping right to it. <laughs> good cinematography in that, though, the way it was like edited, because just like in the real moment, it all happened so fast. It was like, quick. They took and they off. Cut there it was quick. a couple yeah. shots of like people being blown back. You see them all fly out the back. And then it just slams up against Nemec. And you're, you're like, I think a lesser well done cut of that scene. Somebody would have said, why didn't he just move out of the way? You know? Yeah. I think it again, cause it happened so quickly. That That's my point is yeah, like, yeah. I think because like that would be the argument is to be like, well, it all happened so quickly. You didn't have time to move, but like you could have shot that where someone's like, he could have moved, you know, like they look at it and they're like, Jack oh, could have been no. on the door with Rose, like, you know, and it's <laughs> yeah. like coming at him and oh no. And they build it up or something, but it's like, they knew how they had to cut it. And when it happens, I think everybody was like, wow, what an incredible sit. Oh my God. <laughs> like, yeah, we, we really don't know like Nemec's history with like ships. He seems pretty green in that regard. He seems to be more of a philosopher and an idealist than someone who's seen a lot of action so mm-hmm. maybe he had no idea about a sh- like how fast a ship could take off like he's standing right behind this well they all of felt all that way they all did though i know but he I... was right behind it, it it's right. like it's like wiley coyote with an anvil i think yeah. cassian took off at like but full a way speed. sadder version yeah i don't think anybody coyote. expected that I, I got a real indiana jones four vibe <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last but not least is Qui-Gon J. Thank you so much for the super chat. We said, didn't Cinta kill that family? The Empire did slaughter hers. Also, Yo Skeen straight up sucks. 
Um, uh, I do not. I think she did not kill the family. I think she I left think she the left. family. I don't yep. think she did either. Yeah. Um, I think there is a shot of them as the ship took off. All right. Well, they we're all still bundled up. Let's start things off by me gloating that I was 100% right about scheme. Let's just get it. Let's, get let's get that out of the way. We were. Nobody was on board with that. <laughs> was I, I don't think I was. I don't think anybody was. I was getting booed in the comments and uh, I just had that vibe about him. And I, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't sure if he was going to go empire or just like I said, just John's loving that called it culture tonight. I, w- I was thinking the same thing. I've been thinking it all day since he put it in the chat. He's like, John's so against called it culture. And he's the one that's always like, look at me. No, I called it culture. It. When people say things <laughs> that are obviously going to happen and then like, I called it. Yeah. Can't believe I called it. This is like, no one believes me with this. Everyone gave me crap for this take. And then look at me. I was right. So I had to put that up. I don't think anybody gave you crap about it. They were like, there's no way. He, he's, he's turning a corner. He's building a relationship with Cassian. Okay. <laughs> Some relationship. <laughs> well, he still did offer him the money. Yeah. And then he was going to kill him. And Cassian's like, I'm smarter than that. I'm going to kill you. Bang. <laughs> so there we go. Um, all right. So here's the deal. I, I don't know where to begin in terms of this whole discussion. Um, but I got to say, like, just off the bat, the visual effects in this show and everything are uh, top tier. It, mm-hmm. it, it was great. Like this, it feels like this could have been in a feature film for Star Wars. Absolutely. Like, really. Yeah. And, and, and it's the mixture of high quality visual effects plus the actual environments. And it's just and the acting impossible to replicate. Well, sure. But I'm saying from a budgetary standpoint, uh, it's hard, it, you can't replicate that without actually being in those environments. And it's just uh, outstanding what, what they've been able to do. And I really I feel, felt like I was yeah. watching a movie. I felt like I was watching a movie for, for the first time in a long time. And that's uh, that was really cool to see. So um, I, I, that, that's the biggest thing that stood out to me. And then th- my only small gripe is that I still feel like Cassian is getting like lost in the mix a little bit. Like at the end, he's obviously flying the ship and he has the big hero moment. But throughout the episode, he was not really front and center. And this was a big part of this season. It's the middle, you know, middle episode, this gigantic heist that's going to help go fund this rebellion and stuff. And he was just sort of like one of the players. He wasn't like the guy. He wasn't Indiana Jones or, or whatever. And I don't, I don't know if that's on accident or on purpose or whatever, but I just feel like he's getting undercut a little bit more than I would like him to be. Now, that's my only mm. criticism. That's all. Interesting. I actually prefer that because I feel like because he hasn't been the shining person in all these scenarios that when he finally steps up, it's going to mean that much more. That's fair. Like when he finally takes that moment and takes command of his destiny in the way that like at the end of this episode, he's like, nah, I'm out. Like he needs to get that push. And I think we all know that it's going to be the manifesto. We said that last episode, like as soon as he reads that manifesto or it gets released or something, that's going to be what inspires him to, to do the right thing. Yeah, I think we're joining the cause. Yeah, we've sort of been up against that in a couple of the shows, like 
for instance, when we're saying like, you know, Mando's in the book of Boba Fett, it's called the book of Boba Fett. And I'm always like, yeah, but when you look at like what the, the story is for these six, six or eight episodes, you know, it's like th- this is his story. They're just showing in this particular moment, they're showing you this person's angle and how they're going to line up with everything. But this thing is Boba Fett's story. Like, so I'm thinking you're, I feel what you're saying in, especially in the last three episodes where he's teamed up with this group and they're trying to make them all sort of equal and, and raise their stories. And he feels like he's just one of the six rather than like the leader yeah. or the standout character that they're yeah. pointing the camera at more often than anybody else. But I think that when we look back at the season, we will definitely be like, and or was the I'm character sure. we followed through the whole thing. And it mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. like those episodes didn't feel bad because they lost track of who the main character was or anything like that. Yeah. I'm just saying to this point, I'm, I'm sure mm-hmm. it's going to keep building for him as we go forward. But I felt like, man, in this moment they have, you know, Vel here. Um, when I feel like that probably should have been Cassian um, and, you know, building leading up to this thing, they were, showing us that there was a lot of uncertainty and doubt from the rest of the crew where Cassian was like, you don't know how to do this. You don't know how to do that. And then he mm-hmm. shows up and the rest of them are just taking the lead. Like they know what's going on. I'm like, Oh, okay. I thought he, this was going to be, I thought this was going to be his moment where he's like, I'm going to all of a sudden become a leader. And granted, yes, when he gets uh, behind the wheel, so to speak of the ship, he's leading them quite literally, but he's still like, I need directions guys. Like I need to know yeah. where to go. And then, you know, they get him to, uh, you know, that medic or that doctor or whatever, which in my opinion, you know, with Dr. Skeen, Quad Paw, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not sure if it's he still cared about Nemec or he just wanted to get them somewhere that wasn't the r- real destination so he can take the money and get out of there. That's my take on it. I don't think he really could. I, he couldn't care less, in my opinion. He just wanted to get them not to their destination so that he had an easy way to escape with the credits. I felt like that was a decision that came in the moment. Like he brought him to get help and then was like, Hey, while I'm here, I'll get out of here. Or, or yeah. Or the circumstance presents itself and he's like, Oh, this is perfect. <laughs> this is just Do absolutely you, perfect. But, but you, but Lacey, you're saying you still are under the understanding that he was, he's been trying to steal the money the whole time, right? No. Oh, I have. Yeah, I think that's- he surely has. Cause he yeah. made up the story about his brother and had to yeah. convince them all have a brother. that he was in it for that reason. So I guess my feeling is he was kind of like winging it. Like he didn't have a full flushed out plan. He just knew he was going to try to do something at some point. That that makes a I, I'm I might be willing to go with you on that one. Like I think like he didn't know exactly what the plan would be. But, but he was gonna figure it out in the moment and when it showed him the time. Like when yeah. they were on that place with the doctor, his idea was okay, now's the time to make my move. He was gonna maybe, make it eventually. He knew he had to get to that moon to where the doctor was, though, is what I'm thinking. Yeah. But he needed a pilot, clearly. But he didn't have Cassian until Cassian was there. Oh, That's what I'm point. saying. So when he said, well, I don't know how to fly this, he couldn't have said, hey, I'm going to steal this from the get-go because they never had a pilot. And he said he didn't know how to fly it. Which is funny. Yeah, you you say that, but this episode really is like a darker version of Solo. Like People were I saying was... that in Magnificent Seven. 
Is it what? Yeah, I mean, I was just watching yeah. it, and I'm sure they borrowed from old uh, heists and westerns for Solo and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, just you know part of the deal. And same with John Favreau with you know westerns and samurai films for Mandalorian and George Lucas, of course, did, did the same thing. But like I was thinking, like it's a heist to steal these giant cylinder canisters from this of coins, yeah, from this place. Um, it goes awry. Um, your friend is not who you thought they were, and you end up shooting them. But you shoot your first lead before they can your shoot lead you. Characters the pilot. Yeah, your lead character is the pilot, and you wind up giving most of the money still to the rebellion and keeping some for you, for yourself because you don't want to get involved. Like this is exactly what Han went through uh, five years prior in Solo, and Cassian's going through the same thing. But I want to like bridge that to this thought, like. I didn't go back to see what episode did what, but was the third episode, like that first trilogy of episodes, was that the episode where they were on Ferrix and they did that sort of the, the uprising and stuff? Was that that episode? No, those three. Yeah, that's what I mean. The third episode. Oh, the sure. Third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you so, meant the, th- yeah, I thought you meant four. So, and now, and now we sort of get this with, Aldani and you see the Aldani natives and you know what what are they really thinking about all this we saw like the leader of the Aldani's like talking back to the guy and um uh Zorn is that his name Zorn I, I'm having Gorn Gorn Lieutenant Gorn the good Gorn the good Imperial? yeah he he covers for him by like saying something nice in translation so it doesn't lead to a scuffle and the guy yeah. looks at him like dude I speak English I did not just say that and so mm-hmm. I thought they I, were going to do something because they kept so cutting back to those, the Donnie people. And I kept being like, Oh my God, are they going to throw off this whole plan? Are they going to do something to make everything go awry? And then they didn't. Yeah. And I, I think these, like the, the, these pockets of three episodes, it's like this pattern of, you know, we're ending on this one specific location where you're seeing this sort of, you know, um, rebellion uprising, whatever. And we didn't really see an uprising with the Aldani, but you did see them chanting and stuff like that. I wonder they if burnt like the pelt, they, they did burn the pelt. Yes, they burnt the pelt. Which, and then, I, by the I way, wonder... Easter egg. Do you think that's a Wookiee pelt? They said it was a goat I... one. Oh, yeah, they, they said goat. goat. You're right. Yeah. Now that I, yeah, now that I hear, but when I thought it, I thought because that's what I thought like at first until he said goat. Now I knew that was yeah. a thing. So, mm-hmm. right. but I guess I wonder if then what they're doing is all of these arcs, maybe just for the first season, because I know the second season has to do a year every three episodes, is like establishing these planets showing the creation of the rebellion in specific planet locations and how different ways in which they're being stoked. And you have the one at the Ferrix and what happened there. You have Aldani now. So my guess is by at the end of the ninth episode, there, you know, there's going to be another planet and we're going to see how they sort of decide to get involved and then the 12th the same thing um and i think that will sort of serve as four metaphors or microcosms for the whole galaxy and showing different ways in which these people opt in to the rebellion it's not always the same way or the same mm-hmm. reasons you know for Aldani, it's, you know, they took our native land and, and they're sort of just manipulating and pushing us on Ferrix. I think it was a, a little bit different of a situation. It was more of uh, a militarized occupation and, you know, uh, the force of the police and all of that. And, and so I, I think we're going to see a different spin on that for this next location that we go to. I don't know. Did you guys think that that's a pattern or do you think that was just coincidence? 
You mean the three episode thing? Having it end with the third one being an uprising or, you know, the the cultivation of that, of joining the rebellion from these two different locations. You're saying like an action-packed episode? Well, like, so the next next three episodes, it'll be planet blank, and we'll see what happens there. And by the by the and third how episode, those that people part, are affected by the empire and why the they would want yeah. to be rebellious oh. as well. Um, and, and then it, mm. I think John, your point would be even more exemplified in the second season because you're saying this is this happened over the course of a year, so you're like you could really show him in different places, yeah. and it doesn't have to feel like you're skipping around a lot. Um, in the short time, you know, like it will in the first season because mm-hmm. he's already been on one planet and we saw what happened there. And we, now he's gone to a second planet. He's obviously going to go to a third. Yeah. Um, so I, I think your I think your point is right. I think that was what we kind of knew going into this show anyway. Um, but I think what you've tunneled out is sort of a, how they've sectioned it off into uh, three episode. And segments. the 12th, maybe the 12th one is, or, the, or maybe this next set is the Saw Gerrera stuff or his is the 10, 11, 12. Or maybe the last one's like Coruscant. Maybe like there's a pocket in Coruscant that galvanizes because as we see... Well, the, we have to see Mon Mothma leave at some point. And yeah, and we see the Senate start dissolving that's, or but something. We, just, we know that's in the second season, though. Can we figure the math out? Last, right, last, right. Yeah. Or, last, uh, or, or maybe the season ends with... And I know we're speculating ahead now. We should do it at the end of the episode. But <laughs> it fits here, so... Yeah. Maybe the end of this season is sort of the we we find the location of like the first main rebel base or something like that. That'd be kind of cool. Um, um, but. This episode made me feel bad for the Empire a little bit, and not because of the dudes. Ooh, that, hot take. Not the dudes that suck. The wife and the son. I feel like this show is doing a very good job of painting both sides and how. Mm-hmm. It's not just affecting the rebels and people that are put into slavery or their planet is destroyed. Like these are families and people that are stuck with the empire too, that are yeah. stuck based on other people's decisions of like, like a uh, Galen or so like families that are stuck in these situations that are with the empire because that's what they're told to do or that's what benefits their family the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt really bad for the wife and the son. Because it was clear that they oh, were, like, yeah. wow, we're stuck in this situation. Yeah, they're definitely. Up oh, and she's gone. All right, James, you're next. <laughs> um, so, um, I think <laughs> I do not know what's going on. Here she comes. There she is. Yeah. I ate my mouse. I'm sorry. <laughs> I t- I said James is next. Yeah. Um, it's the eye it's causing all this communication problems like lacy said yeah. he feels bad for the empire gone <laughs> yeah. yeah um no i think that's good that they're uh blurring the lines a bit because i'll never forget there was this show i, I forget what it's called but it was it was james cameron talking to george lucas and it was one of the coolest conversations mm-hmm. ever because look at the two people involved but he he was talking about um you know how star Wars is political and, and how George Lucas, what he, what he wrote it as. And, and Lucas said, like, it's about, you know, how we sort of became Imperials as America, as America, when we fought as rebels against the British empire, then we sort of became our own Imperials. And then we go over to Vietnam and then they're the rebels. And James Cameron says, well, yeah, rebels is what they called them then. But now, now today we refer to them as terrorists. And it's just like, 
that's like it, it's kind of crazy because really yeah the rebellion are sort of terrorists in a way and mm-hmm. like if you if you're on the side of the empire or you think the empire is this good thing like war propaganda films do a good job of doing you're like those are the bad guys like you hear about them holding a wife and child hostage and stuff and you know they killed that one guy and stuff like that you know you will easily think that you are on the right side of things which is very much sort of like in the prequels where we realize oh wait the separatists are actually the rebellion to what Mm -hmm. palpatine's creating with this republic of his which is going to become the empire. So it just twists you up and makes you look at it from a different perspective. And I, they're not, uh, they're not trying to get us to sympathize with the empire, but they are trying to like, let us see like that there are dark sides to rebellions, even though the cause is good. Um, but I do like that, that, that they had Vel say like, we're not, we're not like you, you know, we're not going to kill you. If we go down though, you're going to go down with us. Um, right. Cause clarifying that, because it, I think that would have ruffled a lot of feathers if, she had said, "Yeah, we're just going to kill you," because that that that's not in the spirit of <clears throat> what the rebellion against the empire is. So I'm glad mm-hmm. that they put that in there. I mean, until you get to someone like Saul, who probably would say that, you know. <sighs> yeah. yeah. The water but, move, by the way, was such a James Bond move. That, oh yeah, yeah. It, I I was going to mention that that was the shot that I was thinking stood out to me. Is you cut underneath. this underwater. And then you see the, um, he said it wasn't a meteorite, but you know what I'm talking about. It go over the top and, it, and the way the silhouettes were and stuff. And I was like, man, that is just, that's a thought out uh, angle. You know, like somebody, somebody said, how could we shoot this and make it cinematic and, and memorable and like a, a painting, you know, and that's, that's it. When and you it get just shows shot. you how deep the water is because mm-hmm, you're below mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Um, but no, John, I, I, I sympathize with everything that you, uh, you and Lacey Lacey's original point of like, you kind of feel bad for the Empire. It's like, I think I said that a couple weeks ago about this show in general, that like they're making the good guys <laughs> seem like the bad guys and the bad guys seem like the a good little guys bit. Yeah, because it's it's all gray and you could kind of understand why. Uh, a person on the empire would be mad that somebody's going around killing cops. Like we have to get the guy who's killing all the cops. He's the bad guy, you know, in yeah. this show. Mm-hmm. And the guy who is actually going around killing all the cops and 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 you know doing and sabotaging people and businesses and stealing and he's a thief and all this. You're like, well, he's the good guy. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> it, it's it's such a weird um, juxtaposition uh, and what how we're supposed to look at these characters and stuff. Like it it almost it almost raises the question of depending on how successful this show is, could they do this finally makes you wonder if they could do the all empire show where like you have a hero on the empire side, like fighting rebels, you know, who are Saw Gerrera types or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know that they'll ever go that route, but uh, people have been wondering for years can you make a, a a Joker movie or a villain based movie? And we finally got dark enough to play in those waters and we're starting to kind of get there. Um, if Andor is wanting to tout that it's the grown up show, then maybe they could do other shows in that vein. Dude, where they say, the boys. Hey, we want to play. Yeah. We want to play sort of on the other side of that. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, The, the boys where the superheroes are the bad guys like it's spoiler wild it's wild it's the premise <laughs> the of the premise. show yeah that's not that's not that's the... not a spoiler can we stop calling things that aren't spoilers spoilers <laughs> for the love of the words i'm warning you now because you tend to go 
three steps further than that. I do not. That's blasphemy. <laughs> I do not accept um, that. That's if we want to, if we want to kind of walk through the episode, like, well, nobody before we knew... do that, before oh, we do ahead. that, I believe we have a super chat. Oh, let's do that. Yeah, we do from Sooner Thrawn. What up, buddy? He said, was the doctor the long lost son of Maz and Rio and Solo? <laughs> Nobody oh, reminded me from the character of Spirited Away, the one that's in the basement. Oh, yeah. That puts like the tea and the different stuff into mm-hmm. the you furnace. Know what, though? Did you say that before I said that or did I say that? And you were like, yes, we that's both perfect. said that. OK, All right. you know, yeah, what, yeah. Though? We that both doctor agreed. seemed very, very sweet. He like patted Nemec after he like couldn't save him. He like felt bad. And then he's like. And we learned today three people it took to puppet that character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgot I saw somebody say, like, I was the other arms. Yeah, I retweeted (laughs) him. Oh, what was his name? I want to give him credit really quick. Hold on, my page is loading. Uh, Paul Warren said, had the great pleasure of performing the arms for Quad Paw, is what his name is, in Star Wars, with Matt Lyons and Aiden Cook under the makeup. Very cool. I love that. So... So, um, you know, it's kind of interesting. I was thinking, oh, we're seeing this character that we saw from the trailer here. And he's clearly helping uh, uh, Nemec in this case. And then I thought, oh, did they cut around that? Or else we would have seen in the trailer that Nemec was the one sitting on the table, injured, dying. And... I got to go back and watch I the went trailers. Back, well, I went back to the trailer and we, yeah, it's just in there. It's Vel and Nemec sitting on the table. And I'm like, I, where, where was everyone when like, they're clearly showing that in the trailer that he was nobody's gone back. I know. It's like, I mean, I think we just, we didn't know the character or something. We're like, yo, it looks like somebody got hurt. And then we just like forgot about it or something. I'm sure somebody pointed it out at, at some point, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. um, I think That's we were all point. kind of assuming that Nemec would be the one that got sacrificed in this mission or d- at least died to some degree. Uh, we were all three sort of right about the manifesto thing. Like that made a lot of sense. Um, but I think like it was kind of interesting that they were giving hints right at the very first conversation uh, when Andor tells him, and I wrote it down, don't worry, you'll be fine. You'll sleep when it's done. Mm-hmm. yeah and it's like yeah. you, you know th- as soon as he says that you're like oh this guy's not making it back yeah, yeah always but the person that they're like it's fine we're gonna high five after this is done and you're like oh. it but it i think the the writing is really good on that line specifically because he says you'll sleep when it's done um he doesn't say uh like when somebody says uh i got something to tell you and they say tell me when we get back you know what I mean? Because then that moment never happens. What does happen is when it's done, he's sleeping. He's like right. gone. Yeah. Um, so it, it it's like double entendre there. Like he's saying, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll be fine at the beginning, but he actually is sort of saying like, when this is done, you will be unconscious. I know, but I'm saying in it. every movie when someone goes, oh, don't worry, we're going to blank when this is done. Like, we're going to get pizza. We're going to high oh, totally. five. We're going to hang totally. out. You're like, oh, this guy's dead. Yeah, that's what I said. I said they, they were hinting at it right from the, the very first conversation that this was the one where that character was going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I wanted to point out the dialogue because I thought it worked better than saying like, back when we when we get after this mission, we're going to have pizzas and hang out and <laughs> You know, whatever, like, sure. and I'm like, 
that's a hint that this person's not going to make it, but in a bad way. And I feel like what they did here is one of these days they're going to get that pizza. (laughs) Yeah. One of these days. I'd love a pizza, right? Someone who makes it through. Um, Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that we are moving on from Aldani, but I found that the Aldani people, I I found, I found that to be a bit interesting because it is, you you know, mainly that one scene with the, the sort of like leader, or so to speak, that older guy, when he, when they, when he acknowledged, sort of that he does speak basic, he speaks English, and he just gave him that look like you just, I wanted to, him to understand what I'm saying, and you just translated that way wrong. Why are you doing that? And then he's realizing, oh wow, this guy's actually sympathizing with us, and mm-hmm. that 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 might have given him, you know, they always talk about you know the spark in Star Wars and stuff, and like that might've given him the hope to relay to all the other Aldani natives that, you know, there are people within here that believe what's happening to us is wrong. And maybe we still have a shot, you know, and then they, they, they're doing the chanting towards the end. And I'm not sure what the significance of that is. I have to look into that further, but again, it's, it's sort of that simmer that's happening right now as it's, you know, the rebellion's not here yet, but all these little pockets are simmering and there's little things happening, but it's not fully, you know, the lid hasn't blown off yet. And meanwhile, the empire is just sort of like, like Cassian said, he's like, they don't care about you because they don't think you exist. You don't matter. They're bigger than you. It doesn't, you're insignificant. And that carries all the way through to a new hope when, when Tarkin's like, I think you overestimate their chances. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's the whole narrative with the Empire. It's the arrogance of it that that took them down, and you know it's very relatable in a lot of aspects of life and, and storytelling. But seeing it in the early stages is pretty cool, especially when you you don't have the big players like Vader, Palpatine, Tarkin, and stuff present here. You just have these guys like J Hold, who I thought was awesome, by the way. He because I hated him so much, um, mm-hmm. and you know he was he was a, a prick to his kid. And you saw his kid and he felt like that's, a, that's like a little Hux right there. They're, they're like grooming him. He's probably a nice kid and they're just grooming him into, to be this, this little empire, uh, you know, cadet. And he has the same haircut as like as general Hux. And you're like, that's so like, it's so true that like terrible people can pass on things to their kids and make them terrible people. And it's just like, someone has to stop it at some point. And seeing that is, shows just how important that you're always just one generation away from losing goodness and, and seeing yeah. that guy just like being such a horrible person. Like he, that actor did. Yeah. I looked him up. He, I guess he's, uh, you know, I don't know. I forget where they say he's from. I don't know if he's Scottish or I, I he might be Irish, but he, and he's not in a lot of things that I know of. Maybe people are our listeners in, in, in Europe might know him better from TV over there, but I thought he was great. And because, you know, he wasn't a, a popular actor that we know like Mandalorian does that a little too much. Sometimes I think mm-hmm. with casting known people, I, I just, I hated the guy and I liked every aspect of his character. And it, it's not one of those things where, Oh, I need more of him. He was just enough for exactly what we needed for this episode. And I thought he was a scene stealer quite a bit. And I really enjoyed his character. Which guy? I'm sorry. Jay Hold, like the, Jay Hold. The, the, so, the main guy at Aldani on the Imperial side. He's the, the expanded guy. Yes. The the commandant. Yeah. You've expanded. You've ex- yeah, I was like you may, you may ah, if someone ever told me that, I'd be like Yeah. I ex- I got the impression that that was just the way they say it in Star Wars. But either way, she's telling like, him he got bigger. 
Well, true. No, no, no. I don't, yeah. <laughs> but like, it, yeah, I, I took it as like, instead of like, we might say, well, maybe you've put on a few pounds. Like they don't have pounds and stuff. So it's like just the way they say it is different. Mm -hmm. um, but that's all she's saying. Um, I, I did like him. Um, my, I think my favorite scene with him was actually uh, uh, when Gorn walks into the facility and he stops, he hears the voice and, and the, the camera's moving with him as he turns around uh, that moment of realization that he was in on it the whole time. And he comes up to him and, you know, Gorn res responds and says, uh, um, stop gawking and get back to work and all this. And, and then he mm -hmm. says like, you'll hang for this. And he's like working under you for eight years or whatever, you yeah. know, I deserve I've, worse. I yeah. deserve worse. Yeah. It's, uh, he was I'm great like, too. It's so good. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, yeah. I thoroughly, I don't think anybody's dropping the ball in this show. Like, ah, they're no. weak. You know, yeah. <laughs> like that one person is really holding it up. Um, I love that that character died of a heart attack. Um, meaning like, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause I mean, that that's sort of the point is like, he's packing on pounds. He's not working. He's not leading. He's, you know, um, fat and satisfied, you know, as Andor says. Well, also he, and then they make him work and like, he can't handle the type of work that he puts everybody well, up, else up to that. But also, you know, a lot of these guys who get into these big positions of, of like political power or whatever you call it. Failed like, up. He, yeah, he probably didn't necessarily see or get into a lot of action. And he's probably, he's all, on this planet, all Donnie, and there's nothing going on there. He's stationed over there. And mm -hmm. uh, then all of a sudden he gets into actual, like, like all this firepower and, and these guns blasting all around him. And that, you know, that could have given him the heart attack too, in addition to manual labor, I guess. I don't know. But, yeah, that 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 was I because I wasn't sure at first. I'm like, did he get shot and he's falling over? He's like, no, he grabbed his chest. It's just yeah, peace. I I, de I definitely took it as heart attack from the way he over, grabbed his chest. Yeah. Over no, I'm saying overworking himself rather than mm. like because he was like he's sweating and his hair like he's dripping sweat and stuff. It's like I felt like they were making him work and he couldn't push. I think himself it's that in panic. Hard. Yeah, I'm just glad and probably because Gilroy's writing it. And it's not in a book or if it was in a book, it would have been instead of your expanding, it would have been like, looks like you've had too many morning Ronto wraps. <laughs> yeah, probably. James, Which you can get at Batu. I think you did. Last week, you, you brought this up that this week we'd see the cup drinking scene and we did see it. Oh, the gift yeah. that everybody's been using. It's like, like tumblers pretty much. And mm. um, the fact that it was in fact Gorn like behind them. And I was like, oh, man, every time I saw that scene, I saw three Imperials and I didn't quite put together that it's two Imperials and one rebel wearing Imperial yeah. uh, uniform behind them. Um, there was something else I was going to say, too. Um, oh, that there was another sort of like clue. And that was at one point um, and I'm blanking on his name. I've been having trouble with names, too. I said no, totally. No, it's Terramin, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. So, so Terramin's the who's the stormtrooper, right? He and then he yes. joined the rebellion. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a there's a scene when there's when they're having the shootout where it's Terramin and Skeen, and Terramin knows that he has to run out there to get something, and he tells Skeen to cover him, and then he runs out there. Skeen turns, shoots one shot, and then ducks back, so he does not cover him, and right. that, and then oh. Terramin gets shot. Oh, you're right. Really? 
Yes. You're right. So oh, it, because he did not cover him, the other guy was killed. And it all happened so quick. I didn't notice. And it he was the guy that time. he needed to get rid of because he's the big guy. Oh, like if you look at the, if you look, look at the crew, he's the bigger guy and the guy that has like tactical training. Most experience. That's a good point. Yeah. 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 So he so goes, he oh, goes he cover me and he dry. runs out there and Skeen doesn't cover him and he gets killed. Yeah. I just thought of that when you said it, James. Yeah, he totally does. Because I remember thinking it at the moment being like, that guy sucks. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of these I, names it's, it's it's been tough it's i'm bad with names normally so the fact that i have to remember all these we like need, people yeah. talk about game of thrones i could never watch that show i don't anyway but i i could never watch because there's all these different names but at least I'm game of thrones has regular names rob john ned yeah like, he, these are like can we get a fred in star wars or like i don't know the Jennifer? prequel one that's going on right now everyone tweets about it. i have no idea whose name's what if you really want to know the worst though it is lord of the rings <laughs> because oh, it is true, true most true. of it's based on finnish aragon uh, language Frodo. and stuff then yeah. on top of that it's really hard to follow anything because they're like well, there's these elves, and then 10 of them went over here, so the, there's a new name for these ones and these ones. And then this person was his own person, so there's the whole group. There's these ones, these ones, these ones, and it's like so many different names of groups and things that it's like, I, I can't follow any of it. And all of it's like, you know, so-and-so from this land and stuff. It's like, oh, it's so confusing and Man. deep. But yeah, yeah. Um, that all being said, um, I mean, I don't know what else to add to this episode. I think we, we have pretty much talked about everything there is here. Um, I, I, I really did love the quick draw, the scene where he shoots skiing. That's that made me jump. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't expect there's so much in this that all it, it all went so fast. Like, and it's, it's a long form burn slow show, right? Yeah. But we got to this episode and in this episode, we're like, we got the whole heist in front of us and it seemed like things were just moving and moving and moving. Um, yeah. And people were getting shot and you're, you're like, I, I missed that who died, you know? And it's cause like in the moment it's like, I wait, we have to go back and get Terraman. And they're like, no. And then everybody just goes, Oh, I understand what that meant. That means yeah. he's not coming. Yeah. I agree. Some of the action shots and when it really, when the scene really blew up, uh, they were fast cuts and there's a lot of stuff. I'm like, Oh, I don't know what is what right now. It was very, it was very like the first Jason Bourne movie, which I know, you know, Tony Gilroy made the Jason (laughs) Bourne movie. So, um, but it was, but he didn't direct this, but you know, very quick cuts and stuff. I'm just like, Whoa, my God, I don't know what's going on here. Um, but still just, so much action and and a lot packed into a, what did what did cap out at like forty eight minutes before the credits something around there anyway but oh um, that's weird I I literally today just out of boredom I did the math <laughs> I calculated every episode of Mandalorian season one the length of the episodes and mm-hmm. two Book of Boba Fett Obi Wan and Andor and then figured out which one had the most content and then figured out which one uh, had the longest average episode, which the longest average episode is Obi-Wan Kenobi with 45, uh, 45.6 minutes per episode. Mm. But uh, 
but Andorus too with 44.5. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Um, all right. Uh, we're going to do our last minute sort of predictions. Um, not last minute, but do our predictions for, for next week. But uh, do we have any super chats to fire through before we do that? We do. Paul is back. What up, Paul? What up, he Paul? Said, Anybody else suspicious about the guy in Luthen's shop at the end? I feel like he suspects his involvement and is there for a reason. I felt like he was just there as a coincidence and was like, I need something from Aldani. Oh, I'm just kidding. It's just because it's on the news, so it's worth money. But... Yeah, that's how I took it. Yeah, I I, th- I think that the character's purpose like the idea, was though. there to say mm-hmm. like uh like you're watching the facebook movie or something and somebody goes like hope you don't got any stock in facebook and somebody's like what are you talking about and they're like well it's all over the news they just they're they just crashed you know yeah. right. it's like it's supposed to like that first line is supposed to make you think that he knows something but then it's obvious that he's only stating something about the yeah, because they, they don't very show public him. news that yeah the the shot is only on Luthen and he looks startled, like he's not sure, and then then they show us who it is yeah, and he's like sitting in front of a, a computer or whatever it is space Star Wars computer, but um I guess we oh, didn't really yeah. touch on Mon Mothma. I was uh, just about Senate. to say yeah. that, but like, which goes right into that like that Senate was empty. I yeah. did not expect that, but that is that's perfect kind of like the u.s senate at moments (laughs) (laughs) it's uh yeah that was it was sort of trippy seeing the senate um because that's the same place right that's where yeah the Mm -hmm. the senate was that's where uh palpatine and yoda Yoda got in the mix and all that there they are in those pods which now have the insignia for the empire on the front of them and she's there you know doing her spiel and people you know, people start chattering because they're like bored of what she's saying and stuff like that. And then mm-hmm. some people are leaving, but there were a lot of just straight up empty pods there. You know, people like work from home. They're like zooming in their votes or something. It's just they right, so, want to make the trip to Coruscant to listen to Mon Mothma. So that scene to me, and I, I would never have predicted it because they show the top and I'm assuming everything was filled up. It's there's one line in A New Hope that always sort of bothered me. And this today solve that and i'm no longer bothered by it anymore and that that is um you know they're talking and they say if, when the when the imperial senate hears about this and and tarkin walks in and says the emperor has officially dissolved the senate i've all i always was like how like I, that doesn't that doesn't make any sense to me it's like the it to me it was like this the president saying we have no more Senate or we have no more house of representatives. I'm just getting rid of it. I'm like, that doesn't work. You have people that, you know, those are their jobs and stuff today. Now watching the show and seeing her go into that room and seeing that she's trying to make pleas and nobody's listening. There's nobody's even showing up. So five years from now, when it just continually gets worse, getting rid of officially getting rid of the Senate, it's like, I think people will be like, yeah, that makes sense. Nobody's going anyway. Nobody's doing that. That, that We don't need that anymore. Yeah. I hope those. you don't have those choices here in the U.S. because there are a lot of moments <laughs> where it's very empty here. And you're like, 
why do these people have these jobs? No, no one's I, ever. I, I still think we, we've for years, we've always had like, you know, a, a red lead or a blue lead, but I think we're still pretty 50, 50 as far as like people. Oh, who I'm are just saying there are moments where and... you see C-SPAN and it's empty like that. So I couldn't help, but like feel yeah. like there is a little bit of a moment there with Mon Mothma that the writers, including T- Tony Gilroy are being There's... like, you're going to see a real life on screen. And, but to me, I think that it also just, points that they're paying attention to star wars and saying like how do we make that line make sense well oh, maybe sure. maybe this is kind of the direction it's going since there's there's no arguing anymore you know it's like people just are like well whatever the emperor says is going to be what we do anyway or so there's really no point in me going in and to voting. Go. yeah i mean that's another point to too go. like yeah i don't know if at this point bail or gonna i mean he I might see, at this point looked... be out it looked like him in the one shot, the first initial shot, because I haven't had a chance to watch it a second time. The first initial shot where it cuts to people talking while she's talking mm-hmm. from far away, it looked like Bail Organa, but I couldn't tell if it was him. I wasn't not. looking for anybody but Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I'm being honest, <laughs> you were? Yeah. I was like, so, oh, this is the Senate. Let's see if we see that Jar Jar statue or whatever. Yeah. So there is that line. So the Imperial Senate's mentioned three times in A New Hope. I know Leia says the Imperial Senate would not sit still for this when she's talking to mm-hmm. Vader. So she thinks it still has some power. And then Tarkin's line is, the Imperial Senate will no longer be of any concern to us. I've just received word that the Emperor has dissolved the council Permanently. Permanently. The last yeah. remnants of the old Republic have been swept away. And it says regional governors now have direct control of their territories. So we're mm-hmm. going to be seeing some regional governors popping in, in, in Andor, starting to plant the seeds of their new sort of governance, even mm-hmm. though Shivi Babes has his hand on all the buttons. Um, very, very interesting. Because we are, you know, we are, we keep talking about, oh, we're going to see the rebellion born. We're going to see the seeds of the rebellion and stuff. It's going to be kind of interesting to see the rest of Palpatine's completion of the transfer from Republic to Empire too, because mm-hmm. we don't fully get it until a new hope. So mm-hmm. even through Rogue One, through these five years, there's he's still they they're still doing work vanquishing this Republic. So we're gonna see sort of both sides, the the rise of the rebellion this, and the destruction of the uh, Republic. This is in no way a complaint. It's just an observation that it has felt in the last couple episodes that they are only technically getting away with like Genevieve O'Reilly being in the show, you know, like there's been like, Oh, and also we'll throw one scene so that she's, she's billed in this episode, you know, that she by contract is in every episode of the season. Like we told her she would be, you know, or something like that. Um, and Luther rail is, is very similarly. I think he's probably appeared like maybe twice an episode, but I think only once in this one episode too, in this, Oh, sorry. Once in this episode as well. Right. At the tail I think end it's, of both I think it's both. important mm-hmm. to show them though, because it's showing the no, no, repercussions no. Yeah. of what we're seeing on screen. I, yeah. I, I do. I totally do. I, it almost, it, to me, it almost feels a little bit like a TV thing where you could sort of see like, Oh, well we contracted them, told them they would be in every episode, So we got to write that stuff in. I think it works for the show and they're doing a good job. I, it's just an observation that it feels like the last couple episodes have really been focused on this group, the a storyline, and they're only barely touching on the B or the C storyline 
that's happening over here on the other part of the galaxy. Right. More Mothma. So do you, I mean, we really can start over with, you know, with this new arc for, for episode seven. So do you guys have any sort of inkling or, or speculation on, on what's going to happen next episode? I think Cassian's going back to Farrick. Okay. He's got to get Bix. He's got to go clean up the mess. I'm sure he thinks he made. So there is also a scene in the trailer where we see like those. He's still looking for his sister. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, Whatever the like helmets or the Imperial armor that we saw in these episodes, they were also on uh, Farrick too. Well, Mimbin. Yeah. So it's like they were also on Farrick um, or they will be because we've seen them in the trailer and they're like holding a line like a uh, like a riot line or something. So it's like we definitely know we are going back to Farrick at some point and that's going to be part of it. And then we have the Sagarera stuff and we have the like white planet prison stuff, which now I'm starting to feel like that might be the last three episodes. What if he goes back to Farrick, gets quarter. captured, goes to prison, and then that's what that scene is? Could be. So the next arc is a is a return to Farrick with... Do you think that's where the saw stuff Getting is? Getting caught. I think the saw stuff's at the end. I, I think that's... Maybe it's Luthen come. going to Saw saying, how do we get this guy out? I think all the, all the <laughs> more familiar rebellion-based stuff is all going to happen towards the end. I think Cyril's got to get back in the mix here. He he's going to get tangled up with Cassian in some way. I still think he is sort of unsure of his path forward and where what his future is. So I, I think do he's you think gonna he's be a big going rebellion? I don't think so. I, I don't think he makes it out of it either. But I think but he the, is, he's not allowed to work for the Empire anymore, right? Yeah, he. I mean, he may go not not to be funny, but he may rogue. go rogue. Yeah. Mm. Um. But I, I think he's going to be a big part of the next three. And maybe we get a sort of because because there was a recent, you know, we, we had on Star Wars News Net. He um, Diego Luna was saying how this show really has many genres in it. And one thing we haven't really seen too much of is cat and mouse type stuff. So maybe we get that with Cyril and Cassian because they're both sort of still on their own um, and you know, if if Cyril's able to capture Cassian, that's the way to buy himself back into good graces. Does he go another way? So I, I'm glad we, you know, I don't know, but I know that character, you know, we're not leaving him just being yelled at by his mom and crying in his cereal. Like he's coming back. It's just a matter of, you know, in what capacity. And and Deidre too. They, they showed her briefly in this one in that, oh, right. this, is not a, this is not a meeting sort of thing. That's like the D storyline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so many. Yeah, so there's yeah. a lot to go. There's a lot to go. So uh, I think I think Deidre, Cyril, certainly will play a part in these next three. And I, I personally think the rebellions and the uncle and all that. Like they wouldn't be putting oh, yeah. they wouldn't Harlow. be putting those hints out there if mm-hmm. if it was just like, oh, we just wanted to leave it open for if anybody ever wanted to tell that story over there. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't feel that way. That it's there's too much emphasis cutting back to them again, you know, again and yeah. again. Yeah. And Uncle if, we do get a, if we do get a Palpatine thing, um I think he may appear as a hologram in the Senate or something like that. Um I mean I know his Sith I believe his Sith headquarters is still on Coruscant, as far as I know, but 
yeah, maybe he doesn't want to make a public appearance and, and, and worry about like assassinations or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, and, and they did it for Obi-Wan. They did the hologram thing and maybe they don't want to push Palpatine too hard, but mm-hmm. I think it'd be cool to get a brief presence of him. Cause it just makes sense in this time for that to happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I don't, I don't have much else. Do you guys have anything else you want to toss out there? Where's my dinner party? Yeah, we got to get that happy hour or whatever that ends up being. Because apparently the, the dinner party already happened. We just didn't see I it. Know, I know. That dinner party did. But yeah. Um, no, I, I just, you know. It's a heck of an I'm episode. Just, I'm still just so amazed by the show in general. And I, I'm, I am happy that I feel like when I'm, I'm doing my rounds on like, you know, other podcasts or, or Twitter or whatever, you know, and seeing people talk about the show, there is this sort of vibe that is like this, this is possibly the best thing that Disney plus has done. This is the best thing that Lucasfilm has done in a long time. Um, this is comparable or better than a lot of the movies they put out and stuff. And I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm happy to be in that conversation, you know, cause I've been, this has been the show that I've been looking forward to. Um, and, on top of that, some of the shows that we've gotten have not necessarily been my favorite. That's a little bit of a tease for Thursday's episode, but um, I don't know. It's you good. Need to Mondays. Just, I, that's what I did. Meant. It's a discussion. So <laughs> I thought Thursday Monday's episode. Yeah. Um, I'm not showing up tomorrow, <laughs> but we're going to be, we're going to be talking about the, uh, um, kind of the reception uh, and in a way of the the television and um, yeah and movies that lucasfilms put out there's one far. last thing i want to put out there that is you gotta like follow me on this like journey in my brain but <laughs> all right so star wars starts as <laughs> see you buddy starts as uh no you have to log off to complete the trilogy. Okay, yeah that's true, that's true. <laughs> i'm not doing it though um star wars like started with being called like Star Wars as told through the Journal of the Wills and it's supposed to be like, you know, people are telling us this story that happened a long time ago. So when people are always like, oh, I like that this is a gritty and dark Star Wars. It's like, well, whoever wrote this entry into the Journal of the Wills, that's how they saw this stuff. That's the lens in which they saw it. You know, there's different people who wrote in this journal. Some people wrote it with the more adventurous side of things and maybe a lighter tone of it. And some people saw it as a very dark thing. And whoever wrote this entry for this period of time with Cassian and Rogue One and stuff, they, they saw it that way. And that's why we're seeing it that way. Cause that's how it said it's said in the journal of the wills. Then that's how I, I write in all the Canon. Like when you say like the book contradict, like the novelization contradicts the movie or something, I'm like, maybe the, the book is right. And the, the, the movie is just like the the movie retelling of the story. None of this it, may have happened. Know, it was so yeah. long ago. <laughs> and I, and John, I'm totally with you. I'll follow you all the way. And I'll, I'll go further that like Han Solo doesn't necessarily look like Han for Harrison Ford. That just the, the real world person we got. He to looks more like, Han he looks Solo more like yeah, the kid from Hail Caesar. He's yeah. He's not, the real Han Solo, like, so we can play with other actors or whatever being characters. That's fine. Uh, because all of this is an understanding. It's a retelling. It's just a story. And maybe things were kind of wrong, but we're just telling you a story. It's my version of the story. It's JJ Abrams version of the story. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really good though. It's all fun. And, and I like that, uh, we're only halfway through Andor, So I'm curious to see where we go, but, 
Um, <laughs> and in another world, we're only a quarter of the way through it. True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, we want to thank everybody for joining us live. It really means a lot when you're in the chat and we see your comments and, and it, it just helps further engage the conversation and, and make us think of things that maybe we didn't think of and, and take us on tangents uh, within talking about this that are very cool. So thanks everybody who joins us live. Uh, if you're not able to, of course, or if you, you showed up uh, midway through or later, uh, it will be on the channel for you immediately. And also tomorrow morning, it will hit all the podcast feeds if uh, you prefer to hear us and not see us. No offense, we, we get it. Um, but either way, we just appreciate you listening and watching. So thank you all so much. Uh, make sure you do subscribe to the show on your preferred platforms. We're on all the audio podcast apps. The show is free. You get two episodes every week. And of course, uh, on the channel as well. And then there's Patreon. Like I said before, if, if you're able and willing to support us, I know things are tough out there. Uh, Patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. We appreciate any and all support. Um, you don't have to, of course, but uh, we do appreciate uh, our patrons. It means a great deal to us and allows us to do what we do, really. Um, and uh, Star Wars Newsnet, that's where you got to go to check out all your Star Wars news every morning as you eat your blue Captain Crunch or whatever cereal was eating. Um, and uh, thanks to our generals and spice runners on Patreon, we're going to give you a shout out because uh, you are the best uh generals carmelo john reese jetta rosewater frank grande darth hurricane nick kratz christian morales brian smith matt chitty danny mike ramori matt heath chris white brendan mclaughlin count pepto samuel zilke sneaky zebra and val trichkoff and our spice runners david probus neil shaw kendall gellner ryan wara dave hornack thomas hennessy andrew staley jeremy myers and michael fry next wednesday woo, october 19th my last day in my 30s I'm joining. I'm hanging out with you, all of you uh, <laughs> as we talk about episode seven of Andor as I s slowly slip into senility. Um, but uh, you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey, writing and editing at Star Wars News Net. And uh, my movie podcast, just like the movies where uh, we just did Indiana Jones. Um, we did Raiders of the Lost Ark and we talk about non-Star Wars movies. Uh, Lacey, how about you? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin and welcoming John to the boomer generation. <laughs> well, welcoming would mean you're in it, which you're not. Well, welcoming as in <laughs> helping you with your walker through the Pushing door. Pushing me off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> your transition. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, James. Uh, Twitter and Instagram, both at Myra Trunks. Excellent day. And I see we have a super One chat. One last from... super chat from David Ford. Thank you so much. He said Boba Fett's bookstore. There it is. And you there will not is. know what that is unless you're a part of our Patreon. So right. I'm sorry. Right. Thank you, Brian. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, we will see you all Monday. James teased it a bit. We have a pretty cool episode coming up where we're going to do some ranking, uh, which is always fun and a lot of other cool stuff. So we hope you enjoy the rest of your week. We hope you're enjoying fall. The leaves are already changing at, at my house it's, it's, and falling. It's crazy. Uh, but have a great weekend, and we'll see you next time right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids.